Hey, if you're a guest here this morning, my name is Brandon. I'm our Community Next Steps pastor. I am so glad that you're here. We are in a teaching series called Stressed Out. And uh, Lord willing, uh, the messages have spoken to you. And if you've missed some of them, I would encourage you to head over to our website, theradiantlife.church. And under the media tab, check out those messages and you can catch up. Maybe you're here at our stressed out message because someone gave you a little business card and invited you and praise God for that. So Lord willing, a lot of you noticed that there was some new business cards here in the benches. And so our next teaching series is called Difficult People because none of us ever struggle with difficult people, right? So I'd encourage you to take that invite card and pray about it. Seriously, pray about it. Like, I know it's a simple little business card, but there are lives who have been changed because they were invited because someone gave them this little business card and they heard the good news about Jesus spoken on this stage and their lives were transformed. So uh, grab this card and give it to one person. I already know who I'm going to give mine to. It's going to be the person who cuts my hair. I'm going to invite this person. I've been inviting him since Christmas. I forgot the business card last time I got my hair cut. I'm not going to forget this one. And so I can't wait for that person uh, that I've been inviting to come here and hear the good news about Jesus. So we're in this series called Stressed Out, but we're going to view it more as job-related stress. Because none of us in this room right now struggle with stress at our jobs, right? Like we all have the perfect Job And there's probably legitimately some of us like, I have zero stress at my job. I love my job. Like, praise God that, that you're in that environment. But statistically speaking, uh, the majority of people have some sort of stress within their job. And here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we came into this space with a mindset that when we go into work either tomorrow and maybe even for some of us later this afternoon, that we'll have a mind shift. We'll, we'll have a different set of lenses on. We'll have a different prescription of how we go into our work environment and how we look at this stress. And really, here's the crux of the whole thing is this, that our vocation is our ministry. That our vocation is our ministry. So re regardless of whether you're working full time, if you're a student, you're retired, maybe you're a stay at home, like that is your ministry. And for a lot of us we are like, no, it's not. Like that's the farthest thing from my mind is ministry or I think that that's the pastor's job to do is to do the ministry type of stuff. But I hope that Lord willing, if I do any justice this morning, that we'll have a new lens, a new way to view things, and that we'll go into our vocation, whatever that might be, and realize that is our ministry. Even if you're struggling, like you have, Brandon, you have no idea what my work environment is. You have no idea the boss that I'm dealing with or that coworker. And you're right. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand every single work situation. There's legitimately some very difficult situations, and you very well might be in one. And in fact, uh, Solomon, a lot of people that would argue he was the wisest man to live on earth outside of Jesus, he wrote this in Ecclesiastes. He said, uh, so I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous 
to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. You ever chased after the wind? Just like let that thought settle for a minute. Like that is pointless to try to chase after the wind. And maybe you feel grievous in your workplace. Maybe you absolutely hate the season that you're in. And some of you are like, well, I'm okay, but there is some other stresses. I have some statistics for us. So 80% of workers feel stress in their job, in the U.S., in America. Like 80% of us, and I would probably go out and guess that the majority in this room struggle with some sort of level of stress within your work environment. Here's another statistic that 25% felt like screaming or shouting because of the job stress. Like, I'm gonna snap. Like, maybe you're that. Or like, I can't believe that person said that. Like, I've never struggled with that. Like, I never scream or shout or anything like that. But maybe you've seen some of the people that scream or shout. Uh, Check this one out. 10% are concerned a coworker might become violent. So there's a few of us in the room that are like, you are already thinking of the person right now. You're like, "They're they're gonna snap. Like they are going to flip a lid. So 10% of us, like, we're concerned about someone else that's going to snap. But check this out. 14% felt like striking a coworker in the past year. <laughs> like, whoo. And so, like, we struggle at work. Like, there's a lot going on. And we come to church and we want that Bible verse that says, hey, I need to get rid of my job or that my, my boss or that coworker. And we come to church and we're like, I just need a solution. I've been shoving. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason I was working That's all I got. That's for you, babe. My <laughs> All right, so maybe you're stressed out like I can't stand country music. Is there an amen in the house? All right, I've got this for you. That stressed me out. Whew. And so, like, we're ready to take this job and shove it. And I did not do due diligence with my line dancing. My wife, my bride, who I love, she loves line dancing. I love watching her line dance. uh, I'm not good at that. But like we, (laughs) you're not supposed to amen that. I totally heard that. (laughs) Laughter is so good. Thank you, spirit. So we we get stressed out or we're freaking out about people at our workplace, and, and, or maybe we're the person that's freaking out in our workplace. And I hope, as we realize that our vocation is our ministry, that we would start each and every day by setting our heart, or have, uh, start your day with the right heart and the right mindset. Instead of just getting up and hitting the snooze button five times, because I never do that, hitting the snooze button and then getting up, doing whatever you do, and just getting off to work, like instead of just starting off the day, what does it look like to slow down and to have a different mindset and to have our heart in a different place? Because the byproduct that will be as our stress levels will come down. They will. 
Now, I'm not saying that like we're not going to have any stress in the work environment. Like, that's probably inevitable at times. However, our stress levels can come down significantly in our workplace, in our school, in our retirement, at home, if we're starting off our day with the right mindset and the right heart. And so I want to look, if you brought a Bible or your tablet or your phone, uh, head over to Colossians chapter 3. This is by far one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. It is rich. It's like a cheesecake. Like you can only have so much of it because it's so good. And Paul was this guy who was a, uh, he was a church destroyer to a church planter. Um, and he was, uh, he used to persecute Christians. Um, he would have them arrested. He'd have them killed. In fact, he was on his way to this one city to go persecute some more Christians. And Jesus met him along the road and it dramatically changed his life forever. And I think for a lot of us in here, we've had that encounter with Jesus and it's changed our life forever. Come on, someone give me an amen on that. And so there was this guy who heard Paul's teaching. A lot of the scholarly people think that it happened in Ephesus. And this guy heard Paul's teaching about Jesus and the way, and he took this message back to his home city in his area, and that's in Colossae. Paul never actually went to this city, but he wrote a letter to it because of this one guy taking this message back to his hometown. In fact, he's like, man, God is so good. There's so many amazing things that are happening to this church. And so he went and told Paul, and Paul's like, Awesome. I just want to encourage all the Christians, and I just want to make sure that we all stay on track. And so he wrote what we call Colossians in our Bible. Now, I want us to have this filter on before we read the verses, is that Paul was in prison when he wrote this. So he's in his job, right? He's, he's preacher man, church planner. Like, he's in his job, and he's in jail. So... If anybody has anything to say about being stressed out in your job, I think Paul has a lot of weight to his words. And so before we get into that, just, just have that mindset that Paul's in prison, he's trying to encourage this church that he's never even been part of, and he's trying to spur on and encourage all of them. And so in Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 1, it says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Now, just... Pump the brakes for a second. He's referring to Christians, people who have asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. So if you're here today, you're not a follower of Jesus, you, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, hey, like awesome, I'm so glad that you're here, but what he's about ready to say is written to people who call themselves followers of Jesus, Christians. And so we just have to understand that who he's addressing too. And maybe what you've seen play out is the so-called, uh, quote-unquote, Christians. Maybe you've seen some of the things, um, like they have been exhibiting some of the things that Paul is getting ready to write about. So Paul, he says, uh, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He says, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. So going back, like, we have to start our day with the right mindset 
and have our heart in the right place. Paul is saying, hey, you need to set your heart and your mind on things above. And you might be saying like, Brandon, you don't know what my work environment is. You don't have any idea the stresses that I'm dealing with. And you're right, I don't. But what I do know is if we set our heart and our mind on things above, that stress level will come down. But Brandon, like, it's hard for me to just set my heart and mind on things above. Like, I totally get that. That's why we offer life groups where we can do life on life with other people. Guess what? We just started our signups for that last week. And maybe, like, Brandon, I can't set my heart and my mind on things above. Like, I, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm eyeballs deep in debt. Like, setting my heart and my mind on things above is the last thing I'm thinking of. Guess what? We have a life group that talks about finances. It was called I Was Broken, Now I'm Not. Guess what? It's happening on Sunday mornings. So you can come to worship and then go to this life group and find freedom within your finances. There's other life groups that are all about quiet times. You're like, Brandon, I've heard Pastor Ryan talk about quiet times. You talk about quiet times. I really have no idea what a quiet time is. Guess what? We have life groups that will help you get established having a quiet time, starting your day off by setting your heart and your mind on things above. And maybe some of us, we're just so broken, like we're not ready to go do life with other people. But we are interested in learning how to, to set our heart and our mind on things above. Come to next steps. If you're one of the people that don't know Jesus yet, like you're not in a relationship with him, please come to next steps. We, we have a lot of fun there. Uh, if you're a person who's been walking with Jesus for decades, come to Next Steps. We really want everybody to come to Next Steps because our hope is that the Holy Spirit would speak to each person exactly where they're at and reveal to them what their next step is. And so as we're stressed out in our workplace or at school or at home, uh, maybe our retirement isn't exactly what we thought it was uh, we need to learn how to shift our mind and to set our heart and our mind on things above. Now, we're going to skip down just a little bit farther in the same chapter. And Paul's going to, he's going to give us a breakdown. He's, he's going to give us what the world's kind of view is. And he's going to give us the view of, as Jesus followers. And, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is probably where you've seen Christians um, being hypocritical in a sense. But uh, starting in verse eight, Paul says, but now put away all the following. He says, hey, before you go into the workplace, be, before you go into your situation, put away all of these different things. And now he's gonna give us a whole list. He says, put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices. And so he gives us this whole list of things that we're supposed, to, we're supposed to take them off. We're supposed to put them off sort of thing. And that's how the world views it. Like, <clears throat> you have every reason to be angry in your situation. Um, wrath is when we're, we're slamming doors and we're kicking stuff and we're just throwing a big fit within our anger. Malice, all that means is you have ill intentions of harming someone. Go back to the statistics. Slander, talking bad about people, filthy language, and lying. There's just these awful things that come out of our mouth. Now, 
I'm a, I was, at one point in my life, I was a follower of Jesus. The, I was a construction worker. The economy tanked, and like construction was just awful. And it was hard to get work. In fact, I got laid off. And I was like, God, I, I need to provide for my family. I got babies on the way. Like, Lord, we just, I need your help, Lord. And he opened up a door uh, to a place of work. And immediately, I did not like this place of work. Um, in fact, I was one of the angry people. And I was super judgmental. I was super critical of what was going on. And I just struggled each and every day. But I had that Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2 of set your heart and your mind on things above. It's like, God, I'm, I'm struggling to keep my heart, my mind on things above. But because this or because of that, and I just, I had all these excuses of not to set my heart and my mind on things above. And I'm sitting there and I'm cutting wood. I'm just angry about how much I'm getting paid and how late I got to work. And, and I'm just, I'm angry. I'm fueling. And so I text my buddy and I said, hey, man, like I am really struggling right now. I am just, I'm ready to burn this place down. Just to be clear, I wasn't going to burn it down. Just, but I wanted to burn it down. So I was like, hey, man, I'm ready to burn this place down. I just, I need you to pray. And I'm sitting there because I, I snuck into the bathroom. It, and it's like, okay, he's not responding. He's not responding. <sighs> not even my friend will pray with me. Like, I'm just more angry. It was like putting gas on the fire. And I go back to the saw and I'm cutting wood. And I'm, just, I'm just angry. And all of a sudden I get a text about an hour later. It says, hey, man, um, I wasn't able to walk uh, around your building that you're at. So I drove around the block six times praying for you, and on the seventh time, I cranked up the worship music, and I praised God. I read that, and I walked to the bathroom, and I fell to my knees, and I wept. Like, I just cried. I was like, wow. He was so patient. And, and depending on what your church background is, there's the walls of Jericho, it's a cool story, go check it out. But like that's what he was trying to do was to break down these walls that I had inside of me. And so he actually lifted me up in prayer and I'm so thankful for that and I'll never forget that. But Paul gives us like this list, but he says, hey, followers of Jesus, like we need to not put these things on, we need to put these things on. And so uh, down just a few verses, Paul continues, he says, therefore is God's chosen ones holy, which all that means is set apart, holy and dearly loved. Say those two words. Come on, say it with some conviction. There you go. He says, so therefore, as God's chosen people, like, hey, did you know that you're chosen? God chose you. He loves you. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And that we need to be holy, which means just set apart. He says, put on. And so now he's going to give us a whole list of things to put on instead of those other things. We're supposed to take those things off, and now we're supposed to put these things on. He says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against you. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule in your hearts and be thankful. So he says, hey, put all these things on. 
We have to start the day off and be intentional, which happens to be my one word. We have to be intentional about putting these different things on each and every day. Because what we need to realize is uh, our vocation is our ministry. And so just to have a visual, because I'm a visual person, what does it look like each day to put on these different things that Paul said? Now, they did not make this for chubby guys, so bear with me for it. You know, sometimes it's hard to put on kindness. Oh, come on. Sometimes it's hard to put on forgiving other people because they really hurt me. And, like, they've hurt me multiple times. And I'm not saying be like a doormat, but do we forgive as God has forgiven us? And then what does it look like to be compassionate and loving towards other people? Oh, yeah, there we go. I think I actually ripped it to make it a little easier. All right. So each day we've got to put on, depending on what your English translation, it literally says clothe yourselves. And Paul says, hey, put on kindness and gentleness. And so we have to start off each day with the right heart and mindset and put on these different things. Now, I want to tell you one more story. I was in a, not the situation I wanted to be in environment. It was another one of those, God, I need you to provide sort of thing. I, you know, I've got babies at home. I got rent to pay. Um, I, like, I just, I need your help. And so I ended up getting into a factory, very similar to this one in the photo here, where there's a, there's a conveyor belt in between, and there, there's one person that does what they need to on that side, and I do what I need to do on my side. And so, once again, it, I'm struggling, like, Lord, how do I keep my heart and my mind on things above? Like, I don't know why I'm in this situation, and I just had all this doubt, and I was clouded over and over again. Now I'm in this environment that, um, well, they didn't have a lot of vocabulary. Like, yeah, it's like, I didn't know you could use that as a noun and a pronoun, <laughs> right? Like, um, it's like, there's just a lot of foul language and coarse joking sort of thing. And it was evident that, like, I do not need to get into some of those jokes and that uh, the way that they were speaking. And so I was trying to be holy. Not that I was above them or anything, but I was just trying to set myself apart that I was different from the people that were in this factory. I would interact with them, and like I said, like, they would use certain cuss words. It's like, I didn't even know you could put that in that sentence. And it would make me chuckle when they would say it because it's like, I, that's not the way you're supposed to use that. Like, it's like, I could cuss way better than you. I was thinking that. I never said that. But I'm struggling in this environment. Like, I'm being weighed down. There's a lot of criticism and negative and filthy language that's being said. And it's like, God, I'm, I'm not even sure why I'm here. And I'm at, I'm at my work spot, and, like, the person across from me, his name was Paul. Paul, he was a younger guy. He's a few years younger than me. Uh, had a couple of boys, uh, and he had his girlfriend. And uh, 
He was just a cool dude. Like, he was one of the guys that could use certain cuss words and sentences and it just make me chuckle. It's like, you're not supposed to use it there. And, um, and so I would build a rapport with him because we're that close in proximity uh, to each other. And so we'd interact. Meanwhile, I'm internalizing this whole time of just being angry. Of Here I am again, God. I'm in a situation that I don't want to be in at all. And uh, it's a few weeks now into the job, a couple weeks into it, and Paul's like, man, what is it about you? I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, there's something a little bit different about you. I'm like, well, you know, I kind of view life a little bit differently. He's like, well, what do you mean? And so I'm at my workstation, and I got a, 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 a thing of string. And so I pull off like a couple of arm lengths of it. I was like, I like look at this string and, and view it as time. And then I grabbed a, a Sharpie marker and I put a little dot at the end of the string. And, and then I go into this really elaborate story about how long this string is. Like, hey, imagine I walked across the, the, our work area here and I walked through the wall and I went through the parking lot and then I went to Lake Michigan. And I just made, like, I, I really made the story long. <laughs> as long as the string as I could make it. And, and I had him captivated the whole time. I was like, this is how I view life. Is that this is time, this really long string but this dot that I put at the end of the string, that just represents our time here on earth. Even if we make it 80, 100 years old, that little dot represents our time on earth. And the rest of that string represents eternity. And his eyes got like the size of dinner plates. He's like, whoa, man, I've never thought about that before. I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to be weird, but like I follow Jesus uh, I've asked him to be the Lord and Savior of my life, and because of that, I'm, like, I'm wrestling with things, to be honest with you. I'm not sure why I'm here, but I'm not setting my heart, my mind on things here right now, even though I was really struggling with it. I'm looking at the rest of the string. He's like, wow, man. That conversation took maybe 10 minutes, and that was only because I dragged out the story really long. So I just want you to get a grasp, in the middle of the day, I had maybe a 10-minute conversation with this guy. Two days later, he comes back, and I could just tell something was up with Paul. He's like, man, I'm just, I'm wrestling with stuff. I was like, what's going on, man? He's like, I'm struggling. Like, I hear the way that you talk about your kids. I hear the way that you talk about your wife. And, like, I want some of those things. I was like, man, I would love to have that conversation with you. Hey, let's just take our lunch break right here uh, when we do lunch. He's like, all right. That was literally, it was like a two-minute conversation. It wasn't that big of a conversation. And then lunch break comes. And we're sitting, I'm going to rip this suit. We sat on five-gallon pails right by our workstation. And I said, hey, man, what do you think about asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, because that's, that's what's made a difference in my life. Even though, like, I'm struggling right now, he's still the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's like, yeah, it makes sense. I was like, what's, what's holding you back? Tears start to well up in his eyes. I don't know, man. I was like, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart today? He's like, Yeah. He didn't know how to pray. He'd never have done it before. And so I led him through a very simple prayer of, Jesus, would you forgive me 
of the things that I've done wrong in my life? And would you be the Lord and Savior of my life? And may your spirit dwell within me. And he prayed that prayer. We said amen. He's like, that's it? I was like, that's it, dude. It is so simple. The church has complicated it, and I'm so sorry for that. He's like, I feel different. I was like, that's the Holy Spirit that's inside of you now because you invited it in. And so I'm sitting on this bucket, not wanting to wear this. I didn't want to put on gentleness or kindness or patience. I wanted to put on my anger. But instead, I, I chose to change my heart and my mindset. And I chose to came to work and put these things on. In the midst of my stress, I get to put my arm around Paul and lead through him through a prayer that changed his life forever. And so, friends, we have to realize that our vocation is our ministry. And because I was trying to live into a verse to, to a sentence that Jesus spoke to each one of us. And he says, hey, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so I'm going into this place that seems really dark but doesn't the light shine the most in the darkness? I'm preaching to somebody. And so I go into this place and I choose to put these things on and I'm beyond stressed out, but I get to sit on a pail and I get to help my friend, my new friend, Paul, change his life forever. And friends, I hope that every single person who claims the name of Jesus in their life would realize that your vocation is your ministry. Now you, you scroll down or look down just a few more paragraphs. At the end of this chapter, Paul writes, he says, whatever you do, whatever you do, Whatever you do, let those words sit in. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for a human master. So when you go into later this afternoon or you go to tackle Monday, whatever you do, Look at it as if you're working for the Lord. You're not working for the man. We're going to stick it to the man by working for the Lord. Man, that was good. That was for you guys because I didn't say that first service. Whew, that was awesome. That was for me too. So when you go to your workplace... Whatever you do, when you go to your workplace, realize that you're working for the Lord. Whether you're going to school full time or that, that person that's sitting across from you at the cafeteria, whether you're, you're in elementary or you're in college, regardless if you're retired, praise God if you were gifted the ability to get an RV and go travel the U.S. Praise God for that. But that is your ministry. 
When you go to those restaurants or you visit your grandbabies, that is your ministry. If you are a stay-at-home, that is your ministry. And we have to have this mindset that where we are at, that is our ministry. That's not the Pastor Ryan's job or Brandon or the worship pastor. We're all called in whatever we do. We have to understand that my vocation is my ministry. And so I want to ask you a question because that's what I do when I teach. I ask questions because questions help us process things.